Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets sowing life changing seeds in the storm. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I'm currently covering a series entitled The Storm. The purpose of this series is to share some insights I have learned and that I'm currently learning through the many storms of life I find myself in. I wanted to encourage listeners. So that's why I started this series. For those who are first-time listeners, if you want to, only if you want to, feel free to listen to parts 1 through 23 of this series. I'm about to hit my halfway point because I did say that this series was 50 parts long or it will be 50 parts long. And you might be asking, my goodness, why is it 50 parts long? The reason it's 50 parts long is because I have a whole lot to say regarding a whole lot of things I've learned and what I'm continuously learning through this process. And I'm pretty sure in the future, I might have some more insights or I might do something else in addition to this. But if you know someone going through a storm and they are in need of a little bit of encouragement, don't hesitate to share a couple of these episodes with them or you can just share with them the whole podcast link but let me go ahead and jump in and address today's motivational aim and that is sowing life-changing seeds in the storm I wanted to share this with you because when a person is going through a storm they can get so fixated on them what they have to do where they have to go what they need to do to succeed And they're not really trying to help anyone else. Now, a person may have resources. They might have the knowledge and the insight to help someone. And their help would serve as a life-changing seed in someone else's storm. But if a person is selfish and they don't have the right mindset, then they don't understand the value of sowing where they want to go and sowing in a person's life where that seed will take root in beneficial, miraculous ways for countless others. Have you ever gone through a storm and you saw someone else going through a storm and you were moved with compassion to help them out? And if so, why did you want to help this person out? Because you didn't have to help them out. You're already going through your own problems. Why do you feel led or why did you feel led to exercise empathy towards someone and that's just for you to think about because as you know and I know there are some people out there who have no desire to help anybody they're not helping people because they feel man people don't help me I'm not going through anything for someone and people are not going through anything for me I mean I'm tired of helping people so people need to help me because I'm tired A person can be fed up giving, and they come to the realization, hey, man, nobody's giving anything to me. But we have to have a renewed mind, and we have to exercise wisdom, discernment, and knowledge so that we know no matter what's going on, if God prompts us to sow, we need to sow in someone's life because we're essentially sowing where we want to go And that's why we have to have insight to know when to sow, how to sow, 
who to sow into, where to sow, no matter if someone is going through a storm or not. But when a person is going through a storm and you've been there or you are there now, you know how it feels if you're going through a storm. You know how you feel alone at times. You might feel like no one understands you. There's a lot of miscommunication going on. You might feel overwhelmed, overlooked, outnumbered, or invisible. But when a person sows a life-changing seed of kindness during your storm, it is a reminder to you from God that he sees you. And when a person sows a life-changing seed of respect, concern, lunch, breakfast, dinner, assistance, laughter, company, a prayer, a lift, a call, no matter what, any seed like that, it can serve as a life-changing seed, no matter how small it might appear to the sower. And sometimes those small seeds produce large harvest in a person's life who sowed the seed. And the person who served as fertile ground for the seed to take root and grow in them, they receive an abundant harvest. Don't underestimate the power of your seeds because your seed can serve as a life-changing seed in someone's life. Don't overlook that. You'd be surprised how the seed of a kind word to somebody will produce greatness in that person's life because they were going through a storm and a kind word gave them hope. Don't underestimate the impact that a friendship has on a person when they're going through a storm. Don't underestimate how your connections with people how you spend time with people, how you communicate with people, that serves as a seed to help somebody who could be going through a storm. Don't underestimate if you are giving somebody a gift and all you have is enough money to get a $5 gift card and you sow that seed in someone's life. You don't understand how that probably helps somebody who was going through a storm. They felt like they were invisible. Nobody saw them. But that seed of $5 or that blessing served as a life-changing seed in someone's life. Don't underestimate it. Your seeds have power. And yes, you can bless people with life-changing seeds even though you're going through your own storms. You can do that. Let me go ahead and share with you some examples in the Bible of a few people who were going through their own storms and they sowed a life-changing seed in the storm and God showed up. God showed out and God blessed them in ways that exceeded their expectations and mental capabilities. In 1 Kings, the 17th chapter in the 8th through the 24th verse, there was a woman who was going through several storms within storms. And you can go ahead and read that passage of scripture in its entirety. But this woman had a lot of storms going on. She was a widow, so that was a storm. She had to fend for herself and her child. That was a storm. She was a single parent. She was working. And not only was she trying to make ends meet, 
the woman was in the middle of a famine that swept the land. While she was in this famine, she was a part of a household. And I believe all of you and everybody can relate that if you live in a household, a household can have so many storms within storms on top of storms, okay? And there was limited food supply in the land, so that was a storm. This woman was living and raising her child in a famine. That was a storm. There was no rain. There was a drought for several years in the land. So this woman was going through it. When water shuts down and resources shut down, things were just shutting down, a storm is present. So this woman had to figure out what she was going to eat, what she was going to do, how she was going to survive, what would be her game plan for not only herself but her child. How was her child going to eat? How was her household going to eat? How long would they be able to live in the land during a famine? So all of these things crossed this lady's mind and she had to live through these storms within storms. And can you relate to some of these storms? This woman went through a financial storm because she's trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to supply the needs for my family? Have you ever gone through a financial storm? Have you ever gone through a relational storm, a famine storm, a social storm? Just an overwhelming storm, period. This lady was going through an overwhelming storm. Trying to figure out, how am I going to get through this? And the most challenging part of this whole scenario is this lady couldn't control what was going on. She couldn't control the famine. She couldn't control the drought. She couldn't control her son her not being able to have the resources that they needed to survive this woman was just going through so as she's going through her storms within storms on top of storms near storms a man of god by the name of elijah was going through a storm too this prophet this man of god told a king about how there would be a drought there would be no dew or rain during some years except by Elijah's command. The prophet Elijah tells King Ahab his message and leaves and does what God commanded him to do. And some people would think this man of God has all this power, whatever he says happened, and he's really in tune with God. But just because a person is walking with God and they can declare things and things happen and they are in tune with God's plan, that does not exempt anybody from going through a storm. When you read First Kings, the 17th chapter in its entirety, and you pray to God for wisdom and revelation for you to see some things you've never seen before and ask God to speak to you as you read those passages of Scripture, you might discover what I discovered. You have a man of God, a powerful man of God, a respected man of God, a man of God who is walking with God, in tune with God, declaring God's word. Whatever he declares, whatever he puts his hands on, prospers and succeeds. People see the fruit of his actions, the fruit of his words. They see everything in action. They just see it. 
And you have people walking around, man, you saw Elijah, man, you heard what he said? Man, he said it was not going to be no rain for some years, and look at it, it's a drought. Man, tell me that's not a man of God. Tell, that That's a man of God right there. Now, people can identify him as a man of God, or people can identify you as a man or a woman of God. But what do you find yourself in? What do you find yourself in? A storm. You're in a storm. You're in tune with God, but you're in a storm. You're walking with God, but you're in a storm. You're declaring God's word, and you're in a storm. You're declaring God's word, and things are coming to fruition and manifesting, and people can see it. But guess what? You're in a storm. You're not exempt. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, for starters, you do what Elijah did. You just walk with God in the storm. You sail with the divine sailor and savior in the storm, even though you're going through. That's what happened with this man and with this woman that we're reading about or that we're reviewing. But Elijah, the man of God, he has a dynamic reputation, but he's not exempt from storms. But this man of God, Elijah, he declared a drought, and the drought was for everybody. It wasn't for everybody except him. He declared God's word, and God's word dealt with the situation and how everybody would be affected, including the man of God. So we have this man who just declared God's word, and now he has to live through a storm. It was rough, it was tough, but God provided for him every step of the way. But this man was going through a storm too. That's why you don't want to get caught up reading the Bible with this idea that the people that you read about or the scenarios and situations you read about, that it wasn't tough for these people. Have you ever been in a storm and you're trying to figure out, man, I'm sacrificing for people, but when is it going to change for me? When will it change? It'll never change. It's hard. And I'm not mocking anybody, but it's like that sometimes. It's tough. And you're looking at your situation of how tough it is. And then you read the Bible, let's say, about Joseph. His brother sold him into slavery. They hated him. He's in prison for so many years, several years. And since a person can read that chapter about Joseph or that book about Joseph, let's say in a week, they're thinking, oh, man, Joseph really got through that. That was, wasn't a week's time in that man's life. That was a very long time. Somebody's reading about Ruth. Ruth's husband dies, and she's living with Naomi. She's taking care of Naomi. Then she meets Boaz. And then she has a baby. She gets married. I mean, it's just great. Just because you can read the book of Ruth in a day doesn't mean that Ruth's situation lasted for a day. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? 
It's almost like when you're watching uh, TV. And I remember <laughs> years ago, there was a news report about how people were going to, I think, a police station. They were going somewhere where they were voicing their complaints saying that the crimes that affected their family, let's say a loved one was involved in a serious crime and they were the victims. So the victims and their family members would go to the police stations to seek help. And they were upset because it was taking a long time. Now, that's a valid reason to be upset, depending on how slow people are going. But the news reporter took it a step further and was saying that people are basing, or they were basing the speed of things being resolved within the police station. Things should have been resolved quicker because when they watch these crime shows on TV, that's 45 minutes long within that episode. Things are resolved. So what's taking so long? And when I heard that, I kind of laughed. But I can see, if you think about it, I can see why somebody would be upset in real life. Because on TV, they're giving this portrayal that everybody just cares about your life. They care about your storms. And the fact of the matter, people are going through their own. Some people just do not care about somebody else's storm. So... When you read the word of God, don't base your time limit of how long or how fast you read a book or a chapter, some verses about a particular person like Moses and Joseph and David and Ruth and Esther. And you're saying, okay, I read this in a week. I read this in a day. Why is not my situation changing? Why is not my storm ceased? Because, I mean, it happened so quick for Ruth. No. It happened quick for how long you read it. You read it within a day. That woman could have been going through that for months, years. Never forget when anybody is going through a storm, it's not a quick storm. It's not a, it's not a day storm. Sometimes you do have day storms. But these issues that you know about, God knows about, and your close family or whoever's in your circle knows about, they know that storm is not lasting a day. It's been going on for about 15 years. But the storm can only last and go so long. And that's why we must trust in God and trust God's word. Because when things appear permanent, God has the final say. And my daddy says that all the time. Sometimes I don't want to hear it when you're going through a storm. But it's true. You can be obedient you can be aiming to live a God-honoring life, and you are going through a storm, just like the prophet Elijah and so many other people in God's word. So God tells Elijah to go to Zarephath, and when he gets to that town, he's going to see a woman who God has already commanded to provide for Elijah there. Elijah is going through a storm. Although he is a man of God, he's a prophet, he's a man after God's own heart, he's in tune with God, Elijah has to trust God's word in a storm. He's hungry, he's tired, he's in a drought, 
And he has to blindly trust what God says. He believes God. But he has to trust God and he has to deal with this person who he doesn't know. This woman. He doesn't know this woman's state of mind. He probably was thinking, man, I got to go talk to this lady. People probably already know who I am by now. Like, man, that's the man who said it's going to be a drought. They might tell me, hey, say the drought is over. And if I do that, I'm going against what God told me to do. So I can't say that. It's just so much people over here suffering. And God is telling me that somebody's going to provide for me. And I know how people think. I know how people are. I know people are going through. Oh, my goodness. So, Elijah was going through a storm. Now, Elijah sees a woman, and he's about to ask her for some food. But before this woman sees this man, you already know, or you have an idea based off of what you might do. You're going through something. You've already assessed your pantry. You're looking at your accounts. You're checking your resources to see... What's going to last, how long it can last, and what you can do without. You're monitoring some things for a while. You're telling people, hey, don't don't get that much water. Hey, you use that same cup. Don't throw that cup away. What I tell you about throwing them sponges away, just rinse them out real good. Rinse them, rinse them out with hot water. Stop. How many sheets of toilet paper are you using? You're using too much. It's too much. One square for the paper towels. Stop using all them. Stop it. See, when you're a child <laughs> and you hear your parents saying that kind of stuff, like, man, they extra. My gosh, like, it's just a paper towel. It's a sponge. I mean, wait till you have to start buying them sponges and that dishwashing liquid and that washing powder, those Brillo pads, that water. Oh, and, and don't be fancy. Don't buy the bottled water of the spring. Mmm. You really telling people, hey, give me a cup and give me the water. I'm going to pour some in there. Because you don't drink them all. You're wasting money. Oh, you didn't eat your breakfast? That's your lunch. Oh, it's your dinner too. That's what you're doing. You're assessing the situation because you know... Oh, I need this money to last. This is not a game. I don't know how long this famine is going to be. I don't I don't know. We don't know, or we have an idea. We have an idea what this lady could have been doing during the famine. She's looking at her money. She's looking at her crops. She's looking down the street at Brother Empty. And he over there complaining about what's not in his pantry. The other day she talked to Sister Thirsty. And she's been complaining about not having anything to drink for a minute. And Elijah's about to ask this lady for some food. But he does it because he has to be obedient. So he's thinking what he's thinking. She's thinking what she's thinking. And then they cross paths. Elijah sees her and says, yeah, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she lets him know as the Lord lives in Elijah, I know... I know you're a man of God. You asking me for some bread? You, what are you doing? You know we in a drought. You know I only have enough for me and my son. You a prophet. You already know what time it is. And you, you asking me for some bread? What? But she engages in conversation with him and she tells him, I only have a handful of flour in a jar 
and a bit of oil in the jug. I'm about to make this for me and my son, and we are going to eat this and die. So she was saying, yeah, I, I don't have any food for you, sir. But Elijah reassures her and tells her not to be afraid. Go ahead and make some food for you and your boy, but make me a small loaf from it and bring it to me. Afterward, you make some for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty and the oil jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. Now this woman had faith in God and she tested God, not in a disrespectful way, but she tested God's word and God confirmed his word because by this woman sowing a life-changing seed in someone else in a storm, the word of God was enacted in her life. We find out that this woman, Elijah, and her household ate for many days. We started off just knowing about her and her son. But when she sowed a life-changing seed in a storm to help someone else going through a storm, she was blessed with a harvest to help those in her sphere of influence. And that went beyond just her and her son, but to her household and Elijah. We also learned that the flour jar was not empty and her oil jug did not run dry according to the word of the Lord that was spoken through the prophet Elijah. And that's a blessing. That was a blessing since this woman was connected to God and she was connected to God honoring people. She sowed a seed in fertile ground, even though it was a drought. She sowed seed in fertile ground, trusting God's word, and she did not starve, her family did not starve, and her household did not starve. And how many of us can say that we would have done the same thing this lady did? You're going through a drought. Times are tough. There's a famine going on in your life. Things are dry. Things appear shriveled up. You thinking, man, this is the end. I got to look out for me and mine. Nobody else, just me and mine. And somebody runs up on you asking you for the very thing that you need to survive through a storm. They're asking you for that. Would you give it up? Even if they said the Lord told me to tell you this, what would you do? And I'm just thinking about me. Man, if I'm going through a drought, let's just scratch drought and famine. Let's just say I'm hungry. This is what I want to eat today. And somebody runs up on me saying, can they have some? <laughs> Stop. Stop. Get back. Stop playing with me. But for real, for real, for real, some years ago, years ago, I used to teach on the weekends, Saturday mornings. And during that semester, I had to be at work on Saturday morning. I think it was either at 7.30 or 8 o'clock my class started. So I made this little Saturday morning routine where I would go to this breakfast spot in Houston, Texas. I would do like a little rotation. But this particular spot, it was my mission to be there on time. Okay. One thing about me. 
I like all meals of the day. But breakfast? Breakfast? For breakfast? Man, that's my time right there, boy. That's my time to eat. Okay, I get excited about breakfast food. I like waffles, pancakes, sautéed apples, peaches, cherries, blueberries, pecans, almonds, walnuts, strawberries, melted butter, maple syrup, honey, agave, coconut, nectar, breakfast potatoes, tricolor bell pepper blend, red onion, spinach, orange juice, smoothies, oatmeal, cinnamon, Breakfast tacos, muffins, cinnamon rolls, croissants, donut holes, French toast. I mean, you get the gist. So, you know, I like breakfast food. So I would wake up, be in line. You know, I got excited just talking about it. But I would wake up, get in line at this little breakfast restaurant, order my wings and waffles, okay? Ask them to melt my butter, okay? Give me some extra syrup with a side of honey, my orange juice and my bottle of water. So that was my routine every Saturday morning. For how many weeks was that if it was a semester? I think it was like 12 weeks. Well, 12 to 14 weeks, but you understand I was eating good, okay? But I always eat good. My target is to never miss a meal, <laughs> unless I'm fasting. But anyway, my routine was as I'd get the wings and I would debone those wings, okay? I would, man, fingers be hot, but I would debone them wings. Then I would pour my melted butter, honey, and my maple syrup on top so the waffles would be saturated in flavor. And then I would cut the waffles and the wings in squares so I could stab and grab the food with my fork. And I did this so it would be easy for me so I wouldn't have any distractions on the road. You know, because you have to keep your eyes on the road. You have to be a responsible driver. So that's why you have to get everything organized before you drive off. (laughs) And of course, I had my orange juice in the cup holder. Just everything was just in tip-top shape as I ate my favorite meal of the day. And as I was on my way to work from the breakfast restaurant to the job, I stopped at a light and there was a man in the street asking for food and he was asking for money. And he comes up to my window and um, he, you know, made a little motion with his hand like, yeah, can I have some money or whatever? So I was like, you know what? Let me get this man a bottle of water, man. He is hot out here, so let me just, let me hook him up, you know, because I don't have any money on me. So I let down the window, and I was like, you know, here's some water. And then he was coming close. I said, let me go ahead and get this man this orange juice, man, because he really needs it, you know. It's early, you know. He can have him a little nice swig of orange juice and some water. Let me just help him out. You know, I'm being real generous today. So I look down the window, give him the orange juice and the water. The man looks at me and says, yeah, I don't want this. I want that. Do you know this man was pointing at my wings and waffles? He was pointing at my wings and waffles with my melted butter and syrup. And his face was so serious. And I, w- I was appalled. I- <laughs> you, no, nah, you crazy. No. Nah. And I drove off 
and I proceeded with stabbing and grabbing my food. But as I was driving off, I started feeling some type of way because I was like, oh, you, you could have gave that man some food, Nitra. I mean, it's not like, you know, you couldn't go buy another wings and waffles, but you know that them two sides was working. I was like, nah, I gave him some orange juice and some water. So, I mean, he should have been content. But I didn't even enjoy my food after that experience because I didn't have any peas. I was just thinking, I I could have gave this man, I could have blessed this man. I could have did something for this person. I could have sold a seed, a life-changing seed in this person's life. But I didn't. And I was just, man, couldn't even eat my food. I couldn't finish stabbing and grabbing because I just kept thinking about this man looking at me. I mean, he wasn't arrogant, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't disrespectful. He was bold. He was bold. But um, I could just see that he wanted some of those wings and waffles and melted syrup. You could just see it in his eyes. It's how I was looking when I ordered it. So I know he was feeling some type of way. So the next Saturday, I did my same routine, but um, I didn't go the same way to work because I didn't want to see him. I did not want to see him. I was like, no. Nah. Still, just not trying to do right, and I could have did right. I could have did the right thing, but I avoided that seed being sown. I want to sow the seed I want to sow. But what if that's not the seed God told me to sow? And not only do we need to just pray for wisdom and discernment, we have to pray for God to give us the prompting and we have to follow that prompting, receive it and believe it and actually do it. So that's why I said, how many of us, if given the opportunity, we have food in our possession we notice what we need. We're going through a storm in life. Storm of hunger, the storm of just greed, the storm of just wanting to satisfy your desires when you want them satisfied and neglecting others. How many of us would give our food to somebody when we're going through a storm? And I'm not saying that you have a lot of food to give either. You're, let's say you're at your last. Would you give it? And then would you give it if somebody said, hey, the Lord told me to tell you to get it to me? What would you do? What would you do? I will admit, when you go through enough storms in life and you see the importance of sowing life-changing seeds during the tough times, you know what it feels like to be in those times. You know what it means to be obedient to God. After you go through those lessons several times, then you know, you know what, um... Let me go ahead and sow this life-changing seed in someone even though this appears to be my last. It might look like my last, but God's saying there's so much more in front of me. And you know by experience in reading God's word that it's more blessed to give than to receive. So as you develop in your relationship with Christ, if someone were to ask you for your wings and your waffles and you saw the condition they were in, you wouldn't mind after going through that lesson over and over again and God showing you what he needs to show you. So 
when God tells us to sow a life-changing seed into someone, there's a purpose for that. There's a purpose for it. God already let us know that it's more blessed to give than to receive. God let us know when we give, it will be given back to us. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into our lap. God told us that it's too many promises. There are too many promises from God's word letting us know that when we give and when we lend to the poor, God sees that and he rewards us. We don't want to be caught up looking at the distractions, distracting us from an opportunity to sow into someone's life so that we can receive a harvest in the future. When we sow these life-changing seeds, we are in position to be a blessing and we are in position to receive a blessing from God. And praise God that this woman listened during a drought. She listened during a famine. And in the midst of all the storms she was going through. Because the Lord did, he really blessed her. And we should never forget that when God calls us or tells us to do something, God will confirm what he told us to do. And you will see the evidence that God is in it. Just like this lady saw the evidence of God being in it. Elijah told her, yeah, go ahead and make some of your cake for you and your son. But from that cake or from that loaf, give me some bread. Because God says when you do, your oil will never run dry. Your flour will never run dry. Now, he said it. She did it. God confirmed it because that manifested in that woman's life. That's how you know a prophet of God is before you because what they say will come to fruition. We don't know the time frame. Now, sometimes we do based off if God gives a time frame, but we know a true prophet when God confirms his word made through a prophet because God will never lie. God is not a liar. So by this woman listening to the word of God and the voice of God during her own storm, she was blessed. She was blessed not only with food, resources, and sustenance. If you read the chapter in its entirety, you'll see what God did for her. And what if this woman did not listen? What if she saw the prophet and heard what the prophet said and was like, Nah, mm -mm. I'm not fixing you nothing to eat. Uh-uh, you better go tell that rain to come on back so you can fix your own bread. What you think this is? Now, our limited knowledge, if we would have heard that, we would have been like somebody, not we, but somebody on the outskirts hearing this lady talk like that, if she were to talk to the man of God like that. It sounds logical when you're in a drought and you hear somebody say that. You're like, you know, yeah, go make your own bread if you're really a prophet you think this is people out here struggling you want somebody to make your bread somebody be like okay i know that's right who he think he talking to talking about he a man of god knowing that's a single parent knowing that her child's about to die talking about give her some bread i think something wrong with him and what kind of bread is he talking about anyway what kind of cake is he talking about I mean, people over here losing their jobs, we in a drought, and he talking about make him a loaf. Uh, mm -mm, mm -mm. I think this is a trap. Now, 
Had she thought like that, had she not been in tune and listened to the command of God, because God already said that he commanded her to do it. Now we know she obeyed. What if she didn't obey? She would have missed out on the opportunity to sow a life-changing seed in the midst of her storm, not realizing that the life-changing seed would produce several life-changing beneficial harvests in her life. That's why we have to pray to God for wisdom and discernment so we won't get caught up in emotion and we don't operate in the right purpose and plan and path God has for us, even if it's in the midst of a storm. We want to go through the storms of life with clarity and insight because there will always be two sides presented to us. We have to choose the right side and we have to choose life. And this woman chose the right side and this woman chose life and she chose obedience. This woman received a harvest. She had food. People were dying, but she had food. Businesses around her were failing, but she had food. She had shelter. Her family ate many days, but there were families around her who were dying in the famine. Elijah and this woman, they were eating for many days. They were very productive. They could go work. They could go get things done because they had energy. God provided for them. They were in a prosperous situation even though they were living during a famine and their own storms within storms. And that's why Psalm, the 91st chapter, in the 7th through the 16th verse rings true, not only in this woman's life, but our life. And that scripture reads, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, and you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Just hearing that passage of scripture, that promise is a blessing. And if you think about your life, you know there's some times where other people were experiencing some things that God protected you from and you are right there in the midst with them. God delivered you. God provided for you. God spoke to you. And this promise found in Psalm, the 91st chapter, was evident in this woman's life and Elijah's life. If you think about Elijah, he sowed a life-changing seed in this woman's life by being obedient to God. Had Elijah not been obedient to God, we don't know if Elijah would have received the blessing of overflow during that storm he was going through. If he did not sow that seed of opportunity in that woman, 
we don't know if they would have both received a life-changing harvest. It was twofold. And when you read 1 Kings, the 17th chapter in its entirety, you will see how this woman was blessed and how God just kept blessing her when more storms hit her life. That one seed of sowing into someone else's life and following God's directives in the middle of the storm she went through that changed the trajectory of her life and her son's life forever. And her seed produced a harvest in you and me because we are able to hear her storm, learn from her storm, knowing that God is faithful and will fulfill his word in our lives no matter what anything looks like. This woman, Elijah, and for those who believe God to be their provider, healer, restorer, and savior, we should know without any doubt that God is true, his words are true, and everything he tells us to do has purpose and blessings associated with it. And the scripture I would like to leave you with will really go over is First Kings, the 17th chapter, in the 12th through the 14th verse. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything baked, only a handful of flour in the jar and a bit of oil in the jug. Just now... I am gathering a couple of sticks in order to go prepare it for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a small loaf from it and bring it out to me. Afterward, you may make some for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says, the flour jar will not become empty, and the oil jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. I wanted to share this with you because when a person is going through a storm, they can be so focused on what is going on inwardly that they don't see how their blessing requires external actions. Just like this woman in scripture, she was going through storms within storms. Elijah was going through storms within storms. But both of them had to make a choice to believe God and do what God called them to do. They both sowed life-changing seeds, but Elijah expressed to the woman what I believe God expressed to him, and that was not to be afraid and do what God said because there was a blessing on the other side of the seed of obedience. And that would be indeed a life-changing testimony of the power of God in both of these people's lives. This is for us to look at. And it's for us to review. We need to understand that God sees the storms that we are in. God knows all about them. He knows how to take care of us. He knows what to do. But what he is telling us to do might be to sow into someone's life. And it might not make any sense. It might be so far out there where you're trying to figure out, did I hear you? Was this, was this you, God? You talking about make a sacrifice in a storm? What? <laughs> you know it's hard out here for me and my children and my spouse and it's difficult. And you want me to be uncomfortable and we already uncomfortable? If God tells you to do it, just do it. And if you trust what God is telling you to do, you should trust what God will do in your life. Whatever God tells you to do, it's already working together for your good. And even if it doesn't make sense, 
God always has your best interest in mind. God wants to sow life-changing seeds on the inside of you, but we have to be obedient for those things to take root and a harvest to appear in our lives. And God could be telling you to sow a life-changing seed in the middle of your storm because he already knows when you get out of that storm, he's just already trying to set you up for harvest back to back to back to back so you can bless others. It's just a continuous cycle, but it's all about obedience and preparation because God will carry us and provide for us through each phase of our lives. So remain encouraged. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrobryant.com where you can sign up to receive your Aim Towards the Target weekly encouragement. On the website, you can select from a variety of Bible plans you can complete individually or in a group setting. I also have inspiring apparel available. You can check out my Bible plans on the YouVersion Bible app. And feel free to connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. May God continue to protect, bless, strengthen, and cover you and all who belongs to you as you keep him first and aim towards your God-honoring targeted goals, whether you are in a storm or not. Don't forget his promise that those that love him, he is working all things together for their good. Okay? Peace and God bless.